Now, would you turn with me and open up your Bibles to Psalm 23? I say Psalm because I was rebuked this week by someone who said, don't say Psalms 23, it's Psalm 23. So turn to your Bibles. Psalm, singular, 23. I intended to finish last week, but I couldn't because once I get going, sometimes I just gotta go. All right, we read the entire passage, but we'll focus on verses four, four and five. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I have a question for you this morning. You guys ready? You guys can talk. It's okay. Yes, there we go. Okay. Here's the question. The question is, have you ever been worried before? No? Okay. Couple to say that's cap. <laughs> Are you an anxious person? Don't raise your hand. You don't. You know. You don't ask anxious people to raise their hand because then they get anxious for raising the hand. Right? <laughs> it's like you're gonna be okay. We know you're anxious. We saw you walk in. And <laughs> Dear in headlights, we get it, right? But are you a naturally anxious person? Are you overwhelmed by life? Are you worried about some of the smallest details in your life? Do you often come to the place of fear and anxiety? Most of us would say, yeah, if, at times I'm fearful. At times, I worry. Some of us will say, I am anxious and afraid every single day. I wake up in a panic. I've done that before. I've woken up in the middle of the night just in a panic, afraid, fearful, anxious, worried. If you found yourself in that place or been in that place or are in that place, this sermon is for you. Last week, we talked about this passage, and, and this is what we said. We said God is in control in every aspect of our life. We intellectually know that. Our heart doesn't necessarily connect with that idea, but we can intellectually say God is in control in every aspect of our life. And we looked at the first couple of verses and said, all right, God is in control. We can trust him. We can trust him during good and ordinary times. That's what we said last week. This week, what do we say? Well, we'll still say God is in control in every aspect of our lives. And, and because he's in control, we can trust him 
We can put our faith in him. We can believe in him. But can we truly do that during dark and difficult times of our lives? Can you honestly say that you trust God, that you believe that God is in control when you are faced with the deepest, darkest times of your life? Can you truly wholeheartedly say, I trust God. I believe in God to do what he has to do right now. I think if you're honest with yourselves, you'll probably say, eh, maybe. Right? Right? There we go. Come on. It's okay to talk back. I think this, I think this passage is awesome. I think you read this passage and you're like, this is great. I love this. But for me, this can't be true, right? Like you read this passage and say, I would love to read this passage for someone who's going through a difficult time. And I know it's going to be true for them, but, but if I'm honest, Tim, um, as you're saying that, like, I don't believe that this is true for me. I do not trust. I do not believe in God. I don't think he's actually in control and I'm faced in a deep valley. I can't see anything. I'm not in control. My life is a mess. This situation has taken over me. It has stirred my affections. It has make me, made me wake up at night and, and, and if I'm honest, I don't think God is in control in this. I think the situation is in control because, because I don't really feel loved right now. I don't feel cared for right now. Why would God allow me to go through this storm? Why do bad things happen to me? How can God love and care for me? I think the problem is that we often think in Christianity that when we come to faith in Jesus, that everything is rainbows and butterflies. We're, flo we're floating on a cloud. The hard reality is that when you come to faith in, G in Jesus, life is better with Jesus, but really, it gets harder. Right? I mean, it's going to get worse. You just gotta read Revelation, right? It doesn't end well for anybody except us. Right? Like, I mean, you read it and you're like, that's really going to happen? Yes, that is going to happen. I think we've convinced ourselves, right, in, in Christian evangelicalism, especially in America, right, that, that, that we are exempt from life's problems and life is supposed to be awesome and great. And then when things go wrong and things go sideways, then we get anxious and worried and fearful because somehow in our mind, we think that this is a punishment from God or, or God doesn't love us. He doesn't care for us. He's not watching over us. He's not for us. He's not leading us. He seems gone. He's absent. I mean, he's out. And that's not true. The reason why it's not true is because what does David say? Look at verse four with me again. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Why can David say, I will fear no evil when I'm walking down the valley of the shadow of death? Why does, 
David, is David able to say that? Is it because he's a king and he has all this wealth and this power? No. Is it because somehow, some way, he's, 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 he's better than you and me? That's why he made it into the Bible? No, that's not the reason why David, David is able to say that. The reason why David is able to say that he's not going to fear any evil because he has placed his trust and confidence in God. He has decided within himself to put his faith in trust, not in the problem, not in his character, not in his personality, not in his wealth, his ability. He has decided to put his trust and faith in God. That's why David is able to say, I will fear no evil. And you might be saying to yourself, well, that's great for David. How's that good for me? You might be asking yourself, does God care about me though? Does God truly care about my situation? Because, because right now I'm facing a really difficult time or I faced a difficult time and I don't feel that God cares. I don't feel that God sees. I don't feel that God knows. And the answer is yes. God sees you. The answer is yes. God knows that you're facing a difficult time. And yes, God is well aware that the problem you face, the issue at hand is extremely difficult for you. But the reason why you don't have to fear is because God is with you. I heard a commentator say this about this section. He said, he said, when David is saying, I will fear no evil, what David is showing us and what David is telling us is this. I am not afraid of what could happen to me, nor am I afraid of what is happening to me. That's a bold statement, isn't it? To be able to say, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to be afraid of what could happen to me. I'm not going to be afraid of what is happening to me. But that ability to say it, the ability to believe it, is, is to set aside your own pride, to set aside your own desire to control, and is to willingly submit to God and say, hey, whatever the trial is, whatever the problem is, it's up to you to resolve. And whatever happens, you're still good, you're still kind, you're still gracious towards me. That is difficult. And when I say that's the place we need to be, I confess to you that that is a difficult place for me to be. To just say, God, I trust you. God, I, I trust you with this really difficult situation. God, I've been praying for this. I'm praying for the marriage. I'm praying for my heart. I'm praying for the kid. 
I'm praying for the job situation. My boss, he's crazy. I'm praying for the church. The pastor's crazier. (laughs) What are you going to do? God says, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be with you. That's difficult for us to hear because we're natural fixers. We want to fix the problem, right? Ask ask any dad. When the kid complains, I'm going to fix it. I'll figure it out. Ask mom. The kid is screaming bloody murder. Here, whatever you want. Here, here, here. Take it. Like, stop crying. We're going to fix the problem. The problem is that you're crying, so I'm going to fix it. Maybe... Maybe that's the same attitude that we should take with God. God's going to fix it. However he fix it. That's the trust. That is the belief that David has. You ever wonder why we worry? Last week I mentioned it. One reason why we worry why we're anxious and fearful. It's because we want to be in control. Remember, I gave the illustration of the crazy person in the back seat who's screaming bloody murder about something that's not going to happen and they want to be a backseat driver. Why? Because they're anxious and fearful, so they want control. Here's another reason why I think we worry and we worry often when we're faced with trials and we're faced with problems. You ready? I think we worry because deep down inside, we don't trust God. Deep down inside, we do not trust God. We want to, but we don't. We intellectually know we can trust God, but it hasn't connected with our hearts. So we allow our hearts to dictate what we think about God. Because because we can't settle with the idea that God has not given us the thing that we wanted and he hasn't given it to us when we want it or we haven't settled with the idea that just maybe God has something better for you and it's maybe the thing that you don't want. To be honest with you, it's a form of pride. It's a, it's, a, it's a form of pride to say, God, I, I don't trust you. I trust myself. So if you give me control, I'm going to get what I want. And that's not what we see in this passage. What we see in this passage is that God is in control in every aspect of your life. And the only thing that God is asking you to do is to trust him. And he's not asking you to do it perfectly. If you're hearing me and saying, I have to do this perfectly, no. He has no expectations on you to trust him perfectly. The only thing that he's asking you to do is to faithfully pursue him in trust, knowing that he is in control. The reason why he knows that you're not going to do it perfectly, because in 1 Peter chapter 5, what does he say? Cast all your cares on who? And he, what? For he, what? Cares for me. He knows you're not going to do it perfectly. He has no expectations for you to do perfectly. The only thing that he's asking you to do is to faithfully pursue him so that you can get to the place that says, I will fear no evil for you are with me.
when we trust God in difficult and hard times, we know he cares for us. And you know how I know God cares for us? Because look what David says right after that verse. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You notice what David is not saying? He doesn't say, hey, listen, you comfort me, though that is a true statement. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What is the rod and what is the staff? Well, it's the illustration of a shepherd. A rod is a weapon to defend and protect the sheep from predators. And the rod is an instrument of control to bring the sheep to the place it needs to be. If the sheep has gone too far, he uses the staff to bring it back. If the sheep has gone off, he uses the staff to bring it out. God is well equipped in his character and person to handle the issue that you're facing. And David is able to look to God and say, every resource that's available to you is available to me. You're going to protect me from the perils of this world. You're going to protect me from the issues of this life. That's why you shouldn't worry about tomorrow. For many of us here, it's probably worrying about our government and our politics and our society. We're worried about what's going to happen in the election. And it's like, hey, listen, yeah, maybe you should worry, but how about this? Maybe you should consider that God is in control and that his plan is better and that whatever happens in politics, in our society, in our world, whatever happens in your life, he has it under control and he planned it all. So you don't have to worry. I have to tell myself that every day because every time I look at the news, I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, Clowns in costumes. I'm telling you, these guys, it's like every time you open your mouth, I'm no, I know you're lying. All of them, all of them. So what do I do? Trust. Our church, Lord is your church, not mine. Family, friends, coworkers, that's you, Lord. That's on you. That's not on me. Do not worry. Why? God has resourced himself with a rod and a staff to protect you from the perils of this world, to rescue you, right, from the problems of this world. God cares for you. He cares deeply for you. And in verse five, David transitions the illustration to another metaphor he uses the metaphor of a host and a guest. In verse five, he says, you prepare a table before me, the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Imagine that. Imagine feeling and knowing that you can trust God, that you can sit at a table where you are surrounded by all your enemies and you can say, God, I trust you. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Because God is in control of every aspect of your life, 
You can trust him. You can trust him because he cares for you. And he shows his care by providing you the comfort that you need as you face the obstacle. And he also shows that he cares for you by providing for your provision. The illustration here with, with the cup that overflows and anointing a head of oil, it's, it's communicating blessing. It's communicating life in abundance. And what David is trying to say, that even though you're going through a difficult time, whatever situation you find yourself in, God has invited you to a table, meaning God has invited you in a place, in a space to experience him, and he's the host. And God is giving you everything that you need right now, though you are experiencing difficulties. So what David is showing us, right, that you may be going through hardships, but because you're going through hardships, God is caring, he's loving and kind to you, but also he's gracious by providing for you everything that you need. There's no need to worry as you face the obstacles. He's given you everything that you need, so don't worry. Don't worry about the bigger house, the cars, the finances, Don't worry about how you're gonna do this, how are you gonna do that. Trust in the Lord that he has given you everything that you need. So you say, Tim, okay, I get the point. He cares, got it. He's in control, got it. Now how do I get my feelings to believe the thing that you're saying? Here's the truth. The way you get your feelings to align with the truth of scripture is by doing what the Bible says. You take every thought captive and you place it under the obedience of Christ. That means that whatever you are feeling, whatever your heart is leading you towards, that's away from God, to distrust God and to, and to say, God, I don't know how you're going to fix this. I don't know what you're doing. When your heart is tempted to distrust, you look to scripture and believe the truth of scripture that says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's to remember of God's covenant faithfulness since Genesis chapter one. Oftentimes we get wrapped up in the issues of life and problems of life because we have forgotten what God has done. Has God not been faithful to you? Has God not been faithful to your children? Has he not been faithful to us as a body of believers at the chapel? Has he not been faithful to his people since Genesis? If he's been faithful to them, he's been faithful to you. What makes you think that God is not trustworthy to be faithful to you when you're facing dark times? So the only thing you have to do is conform to God's word. Remember that he is faithful. Remember that he's trustworthy. And remember that he is in control. You are not in control. And the day you realize that you're not in control, life gets a little better. Just a little bit. What in this moment 
stirs in your heart feelings of fear, anxiety, and worry. Maybe you're not in a season of dark clouds or dark valleys. Maybe you will be. Are you going to trust the God of the Bible, the one who is our shepherd? Let's pray. Father God, we know that you are good and merciful towards us. And as the last part of that verse says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God, we are reminded that you pursue us in good and dark times with goodness and mercy. God, we are reminded that you give us what we don't deserve. You hold back your judgment and you pursue us with faithful love. God, I don't know what we're struggling with. I don't know the anxiety of our hearts. I don't know what stirs our affections away from you that lead us to fear. But God, we ask you to intervene. Lord, I pray for the women who desperately desire to bear a child and have not seen that come to fruition. I pray, oh Lord, that you would give them the peace and the fear and the anxiety and the longing. I pray for the men who are anxious and worried on how to lead, how to guide and provide for their families. Would you show them the way? I ask on behalf of the people who are afraid of their health or are afraid of doing this life alone, God, would you be with them? I pray for every single person who's starting a new semester, a new year in school, a new career, whatever it is, God, and they're worried about the outcome. Lord, would you show them? Show them that you are good and kind. I pray for the parents who, who cry day in and day out and who are worried about the well-being of their children. Would you show them how you've been faithful to this point and remind them that you're going to be faithful. You will protect them. You will guide them. They are in your hands. Whatever, Lord, that is making us fearful and anxious, will you show us the way out? We pray this in Christ's name and the people of God say, this has been a message from the chapel in Akron, Ohio. Thanks for joining us today. Our Sunday morning services are at 9 and 1040 a.m. You can join us online for our services by going to akronlive.thechapel.life. For more information about the chapel, please visit our website at thechapel.life.